0: Welcome to Beyond the Smile with me, Mary Lyle, a podcast that discusses mental health and spiritual well-being. If you like what you hear, please do remember to follow and share. But before we jump in, there may be episodes that are particularly sensitive for some listeners. And if that applies, then I hope you'll join me whenever you feel ready and able. In today's episode, I'm talking to career and talent strategist, Stephen Short, who as CEO of CareerFit is on a mission to make the world a better place with happy people in fulfilling, rewarding careers. I first asked Stephen why it was so crucial for individuals to find a career that truly aligns with their interests and aptitudes. Let's join in the conversation.
1: Well, I mean, You're going to spend most of your adult life, you're going to spend most of your your waking days in your career. You're going to be working on something. um, I mean, the the normal office hour, the normal traditional office hours from nine to five or eight to six or whatever it is, Um, between sleeping, traveling, you'll spend more time with your colleagues than you'll spend with your family when you really break it down and think about it. Mm. So why would you spend your time doing something that you, makes you miserable or doesn't fulfill you just to try and squeeze some of those uh, bits of fulfillment out in the, the couple of hours that you have outside of that? Um, my contention is that people in general are happier doing something that they enjoy doing and are more productive doing that thing. Uh, whether they might be saying, okay, I can be an engineer and make 100,000 a year or I can be a podcast host and a consultant to make eighty thousand a year, but I'm actually doing the stuff that I love doing. So rather than chasing that extra twenty thousand and being miserable for the year, um, I can do something I'm passionate about and feel the energy of it. So my thing is always find what you're interested in, find what you're good at, spend your time doing that, but mm. don't follow your passion.
0: Don't follow your passion. Did you say no?
1: So this is it, this okay. is stuff that I hear a lot. It's really well-meaning. It's well-meaning advice, and the 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 idea behind it is absolutely correct. Find something that you're passionate about and continue doing. Yeah. But unfortunately for a lot of people, when they hear the, thing, the, the phrase, um, follow, follow your passion, you'll never work a day in your life, they start to think about the things that they're passionate about, which tend to be their hobbies, their outlets, their ways of being of doing the things that they enjoy doing. And then when they try to make that pay their bills then it stops being enjoyable. It stops being an outlet. It stops being a way of of venting. And it starts to be something which they have to put lots of time and energy into. And then they don't even have that thing as an outlet when they get stressed from work. So for me, it's not follow your passion. For me, it's find out what you're passionate about in a professional context and go do that. And then still have your passions, whether that's archery or pottery or, um, playing cards or movies or whatever, have those areas as well. And those are your passions, but find something that you're passionate about doing and find that you're interested in and you're good at.
0: Okay. No, I mean, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's quite an interesting take. Um, and it kind of, it does make sense actually, mm. um, you know, cause I learned the hard way. Um, and that was one of my first, or it was my first adult lesson, you know, and, and it's because I was so miserable in the work that I was doing at the time. And I thought to myself, I don't wanna I wanna do something where I'm not miserable at work, I'm not miserable mm-hmm. going to work, I'm not miserable after work because I know that I'm gonna have to go to the same work the next day. Yep. I need to do something that I'm actually gonna enjoy and have that interest in. Um so, so kind of leading to that, what are the common signs that you've come across? Um that someone's in a career that doesn't truly align with their strengths that it doesn't align with their passions or let's call mm-hmm. it interests yeah,
1: yeah um i mean the 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 quickest and the easiest thing to see is burnout I mean people get burnt out really quickly because they not only have the energy that they're putting into doing their job and doing their job well because most most of the people who are are doing these jobs they're still highly professional they're still very dedicated people they're doing everything they can to be successful in the job but then Also, trying to keep up that energy, or not have that outlet to be reinvigorated and and inspired by what you're doing, or from outside, or having enough time to have that work-life balance where you're able to follow all of your passions outside, you don't have that. So you you expend even more energy in work, doing something to a certain degree, but really having to force yourself into doing it. So you get burnt out really quickly. Which leads to, um, I mean, we've we've all seen people who have like, we all have this kind of jar of um, dealing with stress and dealing with anger and dealing with annoyance. And when the level is quite low, we can tolerate all kinds of stuff and we can not flip out and not shout at other people or we not lose it with our spouses or our partners or whatever. But when that starts to get higher and higher, we've seen people, we've all seen people like this in our life where a little thing will just set them off because their level of of stress is already so high. And the reason that their level of stress can be so high is because they're not only doing the stress of the job, but also the stress of forcing themselves to care about the job or forcing themselves to push through the job. So their tension and their stress is higher and higher, which means that they explode much quicker and they get burnt out and they get frustrated and they get annoyed and they get grumpy and they get depressed. And it's just a horrible spiral of, of a place to be in.
0: So given that especially when it comes to young people given that schools even universities that their role is to equip students to understand and work out and be prepared for careers or Mm -hmm. potential career paths so how can how can schools how can universities how can those educational establishments how can they better equip students really when it comes to that?
1: So again this is something we see all the time it's it's like um it it's very well meaning and it's very structured and when you think about why schools were set up like originally in the, in the day schools were set up like factories to train people to work in factories but we don't mm-hmm. do that anymore so the like the world that schools are training people for now are they're not the same as the world that schools were training people for when the system of education school systems were set up and uh, there's a great talk uh, by uh, sir ken robinson he's passed away now he's ted talks where he talks about really the only thing that these kids have uh, in common with each other as they're going through school is they're manufactured by date so their their date of birth or they're stamped they come in they go through 18 years of college 16 years of college whatever and their stamped or school they're stamped with a created on date and then they're off in the world but we've all we all know people in school that were brilliant at some subjects and not good at some subjects or there there's a lot of there, there are different schools that are looking at maybe streaming people in different ways so instead of just classing them by their age they're starting to look at ways that they might be able to class students by their ability in that subject. So some people might take longer to click with mathematics mm. and they struggle because they're just moving through the years, whether they click with it or not. And they're just at a lower level. And then you're on the scrap, beat, not on the scrap, beat, but you're you're not living up to your potential. The other thing that I see a lot um, and it it causes an awful lot of burnout and it causes an awful lot of stress and anxiety in students, especially when they get to college, is well you studied this in school you were good at this subject history politics mathematics whatever so you should study that in college and then they go to college and they do the course and then they realize i would actually hate to do this on a day-to-day basis i don't want to do this for my job i enjoy the subject but it has no relevance to what kinds of a career i want um, And we have people who i've met some of actually people on my team who studied science Loved science, loved biology, but actually hated the job of being a biologist and hated the job of working in a in a in a lab. But the bits about the science and the biology that he really enjoyed, like the process and the structure and following through and taking a, an idea and following the steps and having all that, allows him to be amazing in our business as our general manager as our COO because he puts structure and puts orientation on the business, and that's how he's finding a rewarding career doing things elements that he loves without necessarily having to do the science of it and working in a lab.
0: Yeah, I get you in the sense that I too, you know, kind of robotically went for subjects because I was good at it. But did I love it? Did I see myself, for example, being in a lab at the end of studying so many years in pharmaceutical sciences definitely not so um yeah so i i i get it and so i guess you're what you're saying is schools universities need to have a bit more co- a comprehensive way of advising students not mm-hmm. just necessarily by subject but basically almost like those transferable skills um or natural graces that those students will have and to look more widely rather than this subject that subject
1: So my mantra with students is always career over course. Okay. So yeah. what's the end goal of the career? At yeah. a, a career fit like we we help people at all levels. We have we have a whole package for schools with school dashboards where the school counselors or the year heads can actually manage their whole school and their whole class. But we tell the students we're not really interested in the next 4 to 5 years of your academic career we're interested in the next 45 years of your actual career. What's the ultimate career for you? What's the ultimate career path for you? And how can we reverse engineer that back to today, whether that's subject choices or college courses, or if you're already uh, finished college, how can you start looking at your transferable skills and moving into that direction that's more aligned with what you want to do? Because what we want to do is, and, and I've, you've, I think you mentioned this already, I'm on a mission to make the world a better place mm. with happy people in fulfilling, rewarding careers. That's all I care about. That's all I want to do. And we do this from a career guidance point of view. We do this from a selection point of view. But all I want to do is make sure that people are in the right careers for them, because every career that exists, there are ideal candidates for those careers. There are people who would, a career that you and I or you might think and I might think is, geez, that's so boring. I mean, Who would want to do that? There are very process driven people who really enjoy those types of careers that maybe more um, strategic or more long term thinking people get bored by. But then the people who are more strategic and are the people who are more process driven and um, structure driven, they get really nervous and anxious thinking about what's going to happen in nine months time. They they don't want to think about nine months time. They want to think about nine weeks time. So there are absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing places for the right people to be able to work together and to be able to gel together and complement each other in a workplace. And that's the ideal for me to have um, a group of people who are fulfilled and rewarded working in the right direction.
0: So those who are career guidance Mm counsellors, they have a very specific role, almost like, I won't call it responsibility, but certainly a role Mm -hmm. in guiding and shaping and helping um, many students try and figure out what are they going to do in their life when they're older.
1: It's nigh on impossible for yeah. a 16-year-old. And and this is the other thing that that yeah. I think sometimes parents lose a bit of sense on, that with a 16-year-old, you're asking them to go, okay, what do you want to do in 10 years' time? They've mm-hmm. only been on this planet for 16 years. They've only really been able to think for themselves for about five so you want them to take their entire five years of life experience and double that into the future without knowing anything about really what's coming down the line or what what world the world of work is actually going to be like. So that's why career guidance counselors and career guidance specialists and career guidance tools and everything else are so beneficial to people of that generation because they have no idea what kinds of careers exist yet. And there are, there's plenty of times when people have discovered their, their ideal career in their 30s and they go, my God, this is amazing. And they've stumbled into it and they've found their way to it. And that's mm. phenomenal. But what if we can actually help these people to find that career at an earlier stage? Because we know what it takes to do well in that career, what kind of interests are required to do to to be engaged in that career. And we can actually start to showcase to people, you know what, you're thinking about this, but actually just have a look at this career. And you drop down the career with the description and they they start reading the description. Oh, my God, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, how do I do that? That's amazing. And we have a like we have it in our in career fit. We have a database of one thousand two hundred and sixty nine careers that exists in the world. There are adults that don't know half of those careers or a third of those careers or be able to explain those careers. So how is a 16 and 17 year old in, in sixth form or in, in their final years of school before they go to college? How are they going to know those courses? Or, or those, sorry, those careers, to know which courses go into it. So that's why having conversations with career guidance counsellors and having conversations with people who specialise in this area is so beneficial to people to get themselves on the right track, to be focused and happy uh, as they go into their professional career. Mm.
0: So, so, you know, um, Stephen, like X many years ago, I was a beneficiary of a tool like mm-hmm. the one you're talking about. So I know how valuable and helpful it was for me. So how regularly used are these types? of tools in schools perhaps or perhaps even in colleges um yeah how common is it
1: in ireland every school every secondary school every the equivalent of a sixth form college has a dedicated career guidance counselor as part of the curriculum yeah. in the uk you don't have that um now there is talks i, I was at an event in london a couple of weeks ago uh, and i did meet some people from the mayor's office in of london and i understand that ofcom is really starting to try and push that and use the irish model as an example of how it can be superbly beneficial to these young people to help them get on the right track. And for people who have no direction, once they have a view of actually that's what I want to do, it can help them to improve their studies, improve their retention, because they see the point of, instead of just going, the world is huge, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to drift. When they actually have a a direction and a focus, they can can align to it. Um, I'm gonna be at a couple of events in, in London again in the next couple of weeks, in the next couple of months, Uh, that are geared towards secondary schools because we can help them um, to actually implement these things to get their young people onto the right tracks for them. And it means that the career guidance counselors and the teachers can actually spend their time having much more in-depth conversations with the students about the careers in the report as opposed to trying to juggle a norm table and another interest inventory that they get online and something else in their studies. Whereas all of our psychometrics pull everything into one place and one report, so they can have a conversation about that to have a really strong starting point.
0: So basically, depending on the country where someone is based, will depend on how much or how easily they can access such a tool or even person to help them.
1: No, I mean ev- everywhere. I mean, from from our research, there are in. In the UK, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people who are counsellors who can help with careers. They might not have the same experience and tools, but they can use our tool. In Ireland, there are lots of career guidance counsellors. In America, there are lots of career guidance counsellors. Sometimes, though, people can... I I think people feel that they don't want to go to a career guidance counsellor. They feel that they can figure it out on their own. And they might. But it could take them 10 years instead of spending a couple of hundred quid with somebody who knows exactly what they're doing to help you to get on the right path to actually move you in the direction to have a fulfilling, rewarding career and be on a be a happier person.
0: Hmm. So so like earlier you were talking about how... um parents you know they kind of need to understand how how almost like the child their child their teenager Mm -hmm. may not be ready to make to be able to kind of like say this is what I want to do yes um, Mm -hmm. this is the idea that I have in terms of the direction I want to go in so how can parents Almost, I won't say take their foot off the gas because it is important to have those conversations mm-hmm. with your child yeah. and try and steer them and support them, direct them perhaps. So, how can parents? What would what advice would you give them in terms of n- not putting that pressure on the child, but actually being that effective ally, that supportive, mm-hmm. almost like playing that supportive role when it comes to. Um, their kids and pursuing the right career path. Because that's quite, that's a challenge.
1: Absolutely. Now, some of it is also, um, parents might have a preconceived idea of what a successful career is. So they might have an idea that actually you're going to have to be a lawyer or you're going to have to be a doctor or you're going to have to be an engineer and nothing else matters. And they don't understand the concept of you can actually make money and you can make a very good living doing a hundred thousand different things in this world. There are uh, podcasters who are making a lot of money. Who'd have thought when when we were kids? Now I'm older than you, but when when Super Mario first came out and everybody was playing the the uh, Nintendo's and the the mm. Atari not the Ataris the uh, Game Boys and all these games, and parents go, "Oh, nobody's going to pay you. Nobody's going. You're not going to make a living doing that." And now we see all these esports and people who are making hundreds of thousands of of euros and pounds and dollars. Twitch streaming and because people are feeding that um, enjoyment. So these are kind of careers that parents don't even really know about because it's not their job to know about those careers. Um, So I give a talk in schools uh, called What's the Future of Work? And I list out 10 different careers that didn't exist when these students started primary school. So that's I mean, they haven't even finished school yet. But the jobs that the school is purporting to prepare them for didn't exist when they started school. So the like app developer, drone operator, even social media influencer, none of that existed Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. So these are careers that exist that can be very fulfilling and rewarding uh, for students. But the parents might not see it. The parents might see, oh, those influencers, oh, those people, they're just shaking their backsides on social media or whatever. They don't get the cultural concept of it. So they there can be unconscious biases in that. And parents only want the best for their kids. Yeah. They only want them to be successful and happy and and all the rest of it and, and maybe produce grandkids or whatever it is. But it it's well meaning. It's the same as find a follow your passion and never work in daily life. It's extraordinarily well-meaning, but it's just not useful. Um, so having that conversation and with parents as well, it can be stu- their kids. Especially at 16, 17, they're they're going through all this angst, they're going through all this other difficulty anyway, that if we actually remember back to when we were 16, and 17, we didn't want to talk to our parents about anything either.
0: Definitely not.
1: So having the awareness that it's not a detractor from your relationship with your child to actually have a career guidance counselor talk to them. And also, maybe you have a look at their report. I remember we had a, we had, uh, we did a career guidance for a kid and referee was one of the careers that he got because he had a massive interest in sport. He did the ability and all the rest of it. And we, one of the 16 careers on the report was referee and his parents were extraordinarily insulted that that was mm-hmm. something and rang us and were giving out yards, feet and inches to us. And at one point in the conversation, we actually said, have you spoken to your son about this? Like is it? Said, no, I haven't. I've just read the report. So well, I tell you what, look, sit down with your son and go through it. And then we'll have a call in the next day or two and we'll see what we do. And if you want him to come back in and we can do a rejig and we can do everything else. And to be fair, the father rang us back two days later and said, Actually, the son is, has shown me what a living people can make, how much he enjoys it, what he would like doing, because he, he's not, he doesn't want to be a football star, but he, he likes the process and he likes all this. And he ranks back and said, actually, this sounds like an ideal career for my son and a good career path for him to enjoy and make a decent living out of. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all kinds of things that are out there. Um, and sometimes parents, not that they need to have, it's very difficult for them to have the mentality of what is going to be facing their children as they go out into the world. Uh, I had another conversation with a principal of a school uh, about his daughter who was in the final year of school. And he was saying that she wants to do a course that just allow whatever course in career she's picking, it's to allow her to travel. And I was was saying, okay, that's great. But actually, you're limiting a huge number of careers that you might enjoy that by the nature of remote work and hybrid work now you can travel with those as well. So she was thinking about like teacher and language teacher and things that were very specifically in that educational sphere that allowed her to go from place to place. But actually you can be a web developer, a software person, you can be an engineer, you can do all kinds of things with a laptop and a good internet connection. The Bahamas is a great example of this. They're the first country in the world to issue um, nomad visas where digital workers and remote workers could go to the Bahamas, not have to register for local taxes and all the rest of it. They live based on their taxes in the country they're, they're, they're residence in. And all of this stuff is going to become just more and more prevalent. So a lot of the students that are in secondary school now and sixth form now, by the time they finish college, the world of work is going to look drastically different yeah. from the world of work that the parents knew even post pre-COVID.
0: Like even just the other day, I was speaking to, I was having a conversation with someone who was talking about how they want to basically do further studies. They want to basically be a data analyst.
1: Yeah, and I and I said, huge area.
0: So so then I was kind of thinking about how wouldn't machines be doing that kind of work, you know, um, and taking out the human element in terms of the need to do that analysis in the near future or not so distant Mm -hmm. future like the world of work is changing so much Mm -hmm. because of the technology advancements that we are now seeing it's evident and you know so how much of that should people be taking into consideration when they're thinking about Going on a course, you know, maybe mm-hmm. moving into a different career, um, especially when they those roles are, I'm not saying they're traditional, but they are somewhat traditional.
1: Yeah. So when it comes to things like data analytics and AI, first mm. of all, I'm an AI optimist. I, I truly believe like every other technology that has come out that people railed against is, is going to replace jobs. I think that it will create more jobs then it Mm. removes. I think it will replace certain jobs the same way as the tractor when it first came out replaced a lot of jobs. The first way that a computer replaced some jobs and people had to be trained and people learned new ways of doing things. So I fully expect that there will be a plethora of new roles and new jobs that will be somewhat niche and somewhat specialized, but there'll be branches of existing trees. There'll be branches of existing uh, career opportunities. Great example is a friend of mine is a sustainability specialist in a big company. She's in her late 50s. That role did not exist. That job, that that whole idea did not exist when she entered the workforce. But she had like she she liked she got into recycling. She got into stuff in the office and trying to get those initiatives. And she tended to be in like the H.O. or L&D kind of area of the company. And that's what she focused on. And she was getting she was very happy doing it. She was that it, it filled an awful lot of the, the criteria for her to be interested in it. She had the ability to do it. And then as these new careers started coming on stream like a sustainability specialist, she was in the right right place to position herself to move into that career. The kids, the kids, I hate saying kids, but the 16 year olds that are, are like sitting exams now in the next couple of years and going to college, studies have shown that they're going to have six or seven or eight careers by the time they eventually retire. They're going to live much longer lives and they're going to have many more options. And this to me is, is how that's going to happen. So they're going to go in one direction and then new careers are going to emerge. But it's not like somebody's going to be a, a, an accountant. And then something over here is going to pop up in, in in sustainability, for example, and they're going to have to make this massive leap over. It's going to be in similar veins where people are able to branch off and specialize off um, to find even more fine-tuned areas of interest that they can take part in. Or they might go, Okay, I've done as much as I can now in marketing. I think I'd like to have a go at teaching for a bit, or I'd like to have a go at uh, engineering and I or I studied engineering, but I've done it for a bit. But actually, I want to do something a little bit more outdoorsy. I want to do something because we have different facets of our personality that different careers will speak to. So there might be change. There might be times when people it will seem like a huge jump, but it's actually two areas of the same person's personality that are of interest and they're going to go along the path this stage. Um I wrote a book, an ebook last year called Your Next Career, which is aimed at actually helping people who are in careers that they're either burnt out from, that they don't love anymore, or that they never loved, and how can they move into their next career and what are the things that they can do to, to make sure that they're understanding what they're actually bringing to the table and what experiences are transferable and maybe what courses they might need to do to bridge that kind of stuff. Because mm. life is too short. Why would you spend the next 40 years doing something that you really don't like doing? So, like...
0: What about if someone is nearing the end of their career mm-hmm. um, because they're older, you know, and they're not happy or satisfied? They haven't really had that job satisfaction. So, mm-hmm. I would say many people who aren't happy per se in their roles, but are in a fairly good job in the sense that it's got it's bringing them that security, that that income, that regular income. What are your thoughts in terms of how that compares to being in a fulfilling, rewarding career and whether they should actually make that move? Um, Especially, I don't know, especially since there's that um, maybe this stereotype that when it comes to like the job market employers, they don't necessarily favor Mm -hmm. um, older candidates. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what's your thoughts on that?
1: So again, as, as we get older as human beings, we have, we tend to be like psychologically, we tend to be more risk averse because Mm -hmm. when we're in our (laughs) twenties, we're not risking much because we're not making a lot of money. We don't have a, a mortgage. We don't have kids. We don't have all this other stuff. As we get older and older, we have, we perceive that we have more to lose. We feel that, oh, if I gave this up, I wouldn't have this quality of life or I wouldn't have this, that, or the other. That's a that's a decision that only an individual can make. Like, how comfortable are they with this idea and going to a career guidance counselor and going to a, uh, somebody who who specializes in um, career change later on, even just to have a conversation can be really uh, clarifying for these people to actually get. Well, maybe there aren't positions, but if I've worked my way up, if I've worked my way to a certain level. um, middle management or something like that with my experience and my age, maybe I can change industries. Maybe I can do something else because management and leadership and EQ and uh, dealing with people and all that is, is necessary on all levels. Um, and I personally, I would always say if you're financially able to do it and, and, and comfortable taking that risk to say, look, I want to try something new, even at 55, 60, because 65 was the, is the, the old retirement age, because our life expectancy was 60. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, true. we're living into our 80s and 90s now. So 65 is not the the end game anymore. And and by the time the students that are coming through, they're not going to be able to get pensions by 65. They're going to be working until they're 75 anyway. Uh, and medicine is keeping us healthier and, and happier. So having that quality of life and having that challenge doesn't mean that you need to just sit back and, and do nothing. I My parents are in their 80s and late 70s. Uh, And they're still involved in in our business. They're still involved. They don't work day to day in it, like uh, nine to five. But they they do stuff all the time because I believe that you don't uh, retire because you get old. My belief is you get old because you retire. If you don't have something that you're passionate about, if you don't have something that is a purpose for you to do, then you start to sit and just wait for the inevitable. Um, So I'm a big proponent of people in their third age actually Getting out there and doing stuff and, and having still having um a purpose to to get up every morning and having something to do um, that keeps them going and keeps them active and mentally young yeah that's... and that that is not an excuse for parent for for parents to just pike off their your young kids on, on their grandparents uh, to to look after them that's uh, it, it's about having uh, what the grandparents want as well.
0: So earlier you you mentioned about um being interested um and enjoying a role rather than being mm-hmm. passionate about a role. So how how can someone basically differentiate between this is something I really enjoy and love doing and it being something that is a hobby or could actually translate into a mm-hmm. career yeah
1: so again it it depends I mean, it's a very consultant the answer but it depends <laughs> on the person it depends on the situation so i mean there are people who have turned their passions into careers and they're, they're able to to find the The little switch to be able to push that in but i've also met equally a number of people who have especially since entrepreneurship became this sexy term in the last 10-15 years that everybody wants to be a startup and to do something and to to have a side hustle or whatever and they end up resenting having to do what they enjoyed doing before to pay the bills um so for me it's your passion and the things that you're passionate about that allow you to vent that allow you to let off steam that allow you to exercise that creative part of your brain if you want but you don't necessarily need that all day every day um it's just a way for you to maybe do bits and pieces you might have a small etsy store that you decide i'm making a bit of money but i'm just doing that on the side um i would think long and hard about turning that into a, a business because what i would encourage people to do is actually look at the functions within that hobby or within that passion that you enjoy doing on a day-to-day basis so if you're if it's the process that you like if it's you you like the idea let's say it's candle making and you like the idea of being able to cut and measure and mix and do things and then you work the process and the process and process and process that could be that process is for you to let off steam but actually in your work you might be a very process driven leader and you might be uh, in something which requires a lot of structure as opposed to in marketing and you're coming up with ideas all the time, you might be, you might have an interest in marketing, you might have an interest in process. So you might actually be the executive person who's looking after the posts and the structure and how, how the blog gets done and how the photos are done and, and making sure that things are uh, on time, that the video assets are coming in and making sure that all that is happening. And then you have the process of the candles, which you're also interested in and giving away as presents, to be an outlet, but it's still fulfilling the the process side of it. So it's not the passion and the the interest is not the candles. It's actually the process of making those candles. With sport, if, you're, if your passion is sport, it could actually be what you like is the camaraderie. What you like is the, the working in a team as opposed to working on your own. That's the bit that we can take and look at, okay, in a workplace, this is the kind of culture that you need. You need a more camaraderie. You need people to be... Um, working in a team as opposed to be isolated there are other times other hobbies which might be gardening which actually what you like is the solitude what you like is actually being away and 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 seeing things grow over time so maybe that's the type of career that's the type of thing that you should be looking at in a career where you're maybe working on your own you're more resilient to making sure that things are happening and that you're working to uh, see something grow and see a project go from start to finish
0: what if cuz um obviously people tend to have more than one skill set more than one gift how would someone know what to focus on um for that to then lead to a pathway that they follow if i'm not going to say they've got competing gifts but they've got mm-hmm. you know f- uh, multiple gifts and they let's just say they enjoy doing many of them how would you even get to that point of or how would you guide or what would you suggest when it comes to being in that kind of situation
1: so from a purely academic point of view so we're just thinking about this with, yeah. without real tangibles if you have all things being equal and you say there's i would love to do this or i would love to do this or i would love to do this and you have three things that you say I, it doesn't like i would love to do all three of those then in theory. It doesn't matter which one you pick because you'll never actually know if the other two would have been the right decision. And people sometimes squirm under this. Go, well, what if I make the wrong decision? What if I make... The great thing about this is you'll never know. If you spend five years getting really good at the one in the middle, you'll never know. You might it it might be not as as big a trajectory as if you'd picked the one on the left, and you might have been more successful, or on the one on the right, you might have gone to work and met the love of your life or something else. You'll never know, but also. Just because you've spent five, 10 years doing something and doing it to the best of your ability, you're 10 years down that path. You have a lot more information about you, about the marketplace, about what's involved in these things. Then you can look at the one on the left and one on the right. Do I want to pivot? Do I want to change? Do I want to move? There's plenty of time to do all of this. And when you're doing that, you're bringing your experience and your knowledge of that industry, fresh eyes into a new industry or a new business or a new um, way of doing things which gives you extra experience which you wouldn't have necessarily had if you'd just gone straight down to the one on the left anyway. So picking one and going with it, no matter where which route in a forest you pick, you will eventually find the way out, but you'll never know if you started off on the right one until you actually start off on it, and then you can change directions if you need to. True,
0: true. Something that popped into my head when we were talking about how, you know, like for example, you mentioned... um those let's just say in in school you give these talks where there's like about 10 jobs or roles Mm -hmm. that didn't exist when they were in primary school so how does i guess how does your how does it work in terms of updating your tool the one that you use so that it actually it's actually up to date you know Mm um and maybe it knocks off the ones that aren't necessarily careers anymore, career yep. choices anymore, as well as it adds new ones that many people don't realize or um, exist.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something that we do on a constant basis. So right now we do it every six months to see which careers are out there, which are the, the emerging careers of which are the likely careers that are going to start um, coalescing. And we add them into our system and then we go through everything. We haven't done a call yet uh, because we've really only been around for two or three years. So it'll take a like th- this version of our system has only been around for two or three years. um, And we there aren't anything there isn't anything yet that is dying straight away. But there is a possibility that in the next couple of years, things like truck truck drivers, if automation, if, if self-driving cars and trucks come out. And the actually, the truck driver in America is the biggest employer, the biggest industry employer in the country. So that's a big, big problem to try and get all of the truck drive, the existing truck drivers to retrain and to find other things. But that's, again, what we can do with our system. We can find the elements in those individual drivers that they actually enjoy doing and their skill set and then help them to to retrain. So we, we constantly will be updating and we've built our system to be updatable on them on a weekly basis if we want, but the like the world doesn't move quite that quickly. Um, but we do update it on a regular basis.
0: Mm. I mean, like one of the, um, I guess, reassuring thing that one of the things you've said that's reassuring is that even if someone's worried about their role not existing in a few mm-hmm. years, there are other pathways, you know, Correct. that yep. can still satisfy them. Yeah. All hope is not is not lost, basically. No, yeah.
1: if all hope was lost, I wouldn't be on a mission to make the world a better place <laughs> with f- happy people in fulfilled, rewarding careers.
0: Absolutely. All right. So what would, for someone who's actually at a career crossroads mm-hmm. and they're unsure, what path to take? You know it's causing the you know they're distressed about it, frustrated, you know, yeah. anxious, whatever we wanna call it. What piece of advice would you give to guide that decision um yeah. Is this somebody who's
1: been in, in careers for a while or is this somebody f- coming fresh into their career? I mean,
0: that's, I would say they've been in a, a career, not necessarily for a while. So, yeah, it's just isn't someone who's got... A couple
1: of years out of college or whatever. A of years yeah, years.
0: yeah. A recent-ish graduate, whether yeah. it be college, whether it be university. Yeah.
1: So a recent-ish graduate, if they're looking at their career now and going, this isn't what, really what I wanted, it probably is a case of they, they might have been given the well-meaning advice to, to study something, study a subject that they enjoyed. And when they've gone into the work, they've kind of gone, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be, or this isn't as fun as I thought it would be. Um, so have a look. You can start by saying, well, these are the things I don't like. But what are the things that you do like about the career? Is it people? Is it ideas? Is it process? Is it structure? Is it travel? Whatever it is about your career. What is it that you enjoy? And then try and find other things that you feel are missing from the career. What are the things that you would like to see? And then start doing some research about what kinds of careers have these elements. Now, obviously, you can go to careerfit.com and get a report. But if you want to do it yourself this is how you should start going about it because you need to have a look at what are the interests that you're looking for? What are the things that you're looking for in the career? And, and if you're at a crossroads and you want to, to get some free information, uh, I wrote the book last year, uh, Your Next Career, and it's yournextcareer.com. It's a free download. You don't have to do anything. and It's got everything there uh, to help you step by step, but it also helps you with some interview skills techniques and, and rewriting CVs and things like that. Um, but figuring out what you want to do of people can do 80% of the jobs from an ability point of view. Like there are some jobs that are so technical or some jobs that are so manual that they require certain mixes of people in terms of their abilities. Uh, Like footballers, for example, highly technical, uh, brain surgeons, highly technical, but 80% of people can do 80% of the jobs. It all comes down to interest and then your ability. So you could be interested in all kinds of things and then figuring out which is the one which is going to switch you on the most, that's the path to to start looking at.
0: Thanks for sharing all these nuggets. I mean, um, even I was even i found it helpful and i'm not looking for a direction at this point thank you so much Stephen, for sharing and um and for anyone listening do do check out certainly the book the website that Stephen's mentioned and thank you steve
1: no it it, it really for me it comes down to happy people in fulfilling rewarding careers that's that's the whole mission of, of every facet of our business Um, and life is too short if you're not happy in your career you deserve to be happy in your career
0: Brilliant, thank you for joining me on Mary Mary Talks Here's a spiritual wellness tip for you It's Psalm chapter 37 verses 23 to 24 and it reads The Lord directs the steps of the godly He delights in every detail of their lives Though they stumble they will never fall For the Lord holds them by the hand. Thanks for listening. Do follow and join me again next time on Beyond the Smile with Mary Light.